0: the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you, inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become one percent better. And on today's show I've got Marcus Collins so welcome onto the show Marcus. Hello James how are we? I'm very good and how are you this evening?
1: I'm fine I'm fine it's nine o'clock in the evening as we're recording this show my children are upstairs sleeping and I'm really really pleased to be speaking with you right now.
0: Oh, the pleasure is all mine
1: Marcus. <laughs> so,
0: so before we delve into today's topic Can you give a brief introduction to yourself for obviously the listeners, and obviously as we're recording this via video, the ones watching via the video format.
1: Okay, so my name is Marcus Collins, as 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 you've heard. I am a proud father of three children, okay, two boys and a girl, and I own a company with with my uh, business partner called. Perfect Bodies Fitness, and we specialise in helping professional, busy females take control of their life, get confidence in their life, and get some consistency in their life. The reason being that um, I've had the privilege and the honour of being around through two special ladies, and now I've got another special lady in my life. Growing up, I had my mum, and my mum He's my rock, was my rock, and always will be my rock. She brought me up as a single parent, taught me right from wrong, always made sure that there was food on the table, I had nice clothes to wear. Not so much nice trainers all the time, no, I must confess. But um, <laughs> we'll getting into that at the time. So, yeah, so she she's an amazing lady. Like I said, she brought me up on her own, and she taught me that how hard she worked to maintain, to make sure that I was okay And she gave me that great work. But it also showed me that women, back in the days, I was born in the 70s, back in the days, women at at that time were just stay at home mums, take the kids to school, get dinner ready, so on and so forth, do the ironing. My mother was somebody who went to work. And obviously, as time has passed on, we find now that more and more women are going to work and having to go to work because of the lives that we lead. So 23 years ago, I uh, met my partner my missus the great julie and she has been my partner my partner for life and there's another really really strong woman who goes to work and the problem i find that women have in this day and age is the fact that um you know we've got this instagram life and we've got this facebook life and everybody has these pressures to to look good all the time, and basically, women are supposed to be super women now. They're, they're, they have a lot more to do than we do as men. And then it really resonated with me when my little girl was born four years ago. So, my little girl's born into this new society that's this IGA. She watches YouTube all the time, and I just came up with a program because my missus works really hard, but she doesn't always have time to fit the fitness side of things in because she's the first person up in the house generally. Um, she runs around that, runs around getting herself ready, making sure she looks good because she goes to work, because she's expected to look good when she goes to work. Then she makes sure the kids are okay, the kids are ready, gets them ready to go to school, goes to work. Because she's a woman, she's expected to do more than a man because they're more expected of women and also be nice, and then she comes back home, picks the kids up, um eats dinner, gets ready for the day after, and, and the cycle continues all the time. So, women these days have to be super women, and this program is designed to not only get them fitter because the most important thing we have in life is our health. I'm sure you can resonate with that as well, James. The most important muscle we have is our heart. It's gonna, when we don't look as good as we want to, as we're all not going to look as good as we want to, eventually, because we're all going to get older, our heart still needs to keep working. So, it's about feeling better but it's also about looking better and getting that confidence in yourself so when you look in the mirror you actually like what you see i know aesthetics aren't everything but we live in a society where aesthetics are important unfortunately and then of course we also have you actually need to like like the way you feel about yourself okay so you need to give a lot of women these days and men but a lot of women these days don't have any energy tired all the time and you and I both know, through being the sports people that we are, is when you indulge, or sorry, engaging fitness on a daily basis or two to three times a week, it just gives you that much more energy. So that's what this thing is all about. It's being consistent in your, in your, um, in your fitness and making sure your mindset's right for your fitness. I know you're all big into your mindset as well. It's also taking control of your life so you can fit your workouts in, and you can get time to do everything and spend time with your family. And also it's back in that confidence so when you look in the mirror you like what you see back so that's what, that's, why, that's what I am um, the, the CEO of all the corner of perfect body fitness um, and as you're well aware, I was a professional basketballer when I, I was at a younger age. Um, I played basketball from the age of about fourteen, fifteen, and um, my story was i used uh, when I started playing basketball. I went to a. I went with a friend of mine to a club right. called Birmingham Bullets. And people might have heard of it. It's not around anymore. But Birmingham Bullets. And um, when I first went there, I was shocking. And I said I couldn't play basketball at all. Um, <laughs> uh, they used to pick teams, and I used to always get picked last. <laughs> <laughs> always get picked last. And. Um, they used to call me a scrub, basically. This scrub means I'm not very good. Yeah, they used to call me a scrub and said I couldn't do anything. Can I remember one particular time, one person coming up to me at the end of the game and saying to me, um, Why do you come for? Because you just shit. So why do you come for? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never be any good. So why do you come for? So that that I'm a sort of person that when people say that to me, it. Um, Give me determination. I don't shy away from it. Give me determination. So, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours honing my craft, becoming a better basketball player. Till in the end, I was able to earn a living from playing basketball. And that same person who said that to me, I remember playing against him about two, three years later, and I was saying to him, "Do you remember? he used to call me a scrub, and posting him up and doing things and saying it's not like that anymore, though, is it?" <laughs> um, at the age of 20, I um, I got a scholarship to the University of Illinois um, to play basketball. Um, unfortunately, I, I used to play basketball all the time and it wasn't always against people who, who were that good, but I just used to love playing basketball and practicing. And I played against, I used to play at, at Aston Middle Education Center, um, which is where I knew where I come from in Birmingham. And... It was, there's a thing called Dallas, and everybody's entitled to go to Dallas. So you get people who are good basketball players, people who are not so good basketball players. I drove baseline on this this particular person and I dunked it. As I came down, he decided to come underneath me as I'm jumping. Anybody who plays basketball knows that's not always the, the healthiest option. As I came down, I landed straight on his foot. My bone broke and came through came through the skin of my foot, and, muffled, and I, I, I messed up my knee, um, and I was never, ever, ever the same basketball player ever again after that. Um, so the University of Illinois um, scholarship went, because I had to take too much time out sorting out my knee and so on, and I was, never two, I was never a one-footed jumper again after that. I was always back on my, I never wanted to get hurt like that, so I was always a two-footed jumper, which stopped some of my explosiveness, and... Um so I was I managed to play basketball for um bullets, and Bullets, then I went to Leicester, then I went to Sheffield. And um I had other things that I was doing at the same time, like property development and so on and so forth. And my story continued like that with having property development until 10 years ago now. And this is how I got into fitness ten years ago. I um I was playing basketball again, imagine that. <laughs> And I went to take off with my right foot. So I went to take off with my right foot. And I pushed off with my right foot to go left to drive on somebody going left. And I felt this this like thing in the back of my back of my ankle. And I turned around and looked around. Like I was gonna start swearing and cursing, like, who the F did that to me? I looked around and there's nobody there. And I said, like, Oh my days, I've just got to snap my Achilles tendon, haven't I? <laughs> I've kind of snapped my Achilles tendon. Got to snap my Achilles tendon. Wow. So I'm still full of bravado. So I get up a hop. A hop to the ambulance comes, takes me to the um, it's told me I've got a rupture. So two days later, I'm in the getting it surgically repaired. So I wake up with this big, massive cast on my foot. Um on crutches. So, I don't know if any of you, have ever been on crutches, James?
0: Not of my own doing, no, it would be, just because I haven't got my prosthetic leg on that for okay. me. Oh um, yeah, so you're crutches.
1: definitely aware that, when you have crutches, you can't actually do anything, can you? Because your hands are totally taken up, you can't do anything. I'm talking about, you can't even make yourself food. You can't even make yourself food, because you can't carry it to where you want to get to, you can't make yourself a, a drink. So, but that was that, was, that was that. So after my first initial Achilles tear, um, I, I was still full of vigor and hope. And I said to myself, okay, then, all right, I'm still going to go to the gym. I'm still going to try, try to keep myself as fit as I can. And I rehabbed, I rehabbed. So I was in a cast for 12 weeks. So when I came out, my my th- I'm sorry, my um, calf. Honestly, it was that thin. Seriously, because I hadn't put any weight and any pressure pressuring it for twelve weeks, and um, so I had the long rehab process. Um, anybody who's had rehab knows it's not always the best thing, but I kept at it. So we go on to the next year, which is February in February 2011. I've got back to playing sports again. I'm not playing basketball, so I'm playing football. I'm a decent footballer as well decent footballer. When I was young I used to play, I had school before Swindon Town I was a decent footballer. The only reason I stopped playing football was because my, my dad made me stop um, and told me I needed to go to church rather I to play football on a Sunday. But that's another story <laughs> again. Um, so, yeah, um, in February 2011 I was playing football and guess what happened? The other one went the other one wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other one wins. You are right. I said the other one wins. <laughs> so, um, so now I've got an Achilles rupture on my right one that's not particularly strong enough to take the weight, which is why it weakened the left one. Um, so that one's, and they can't even repair this one surgically because they're saying you can't repair it surgically. The right one's not strong enough to even hop around them. So, okay, so I get my boot, I'm in a wheelchair for a bit, and honestly, I I seriously, this time, I have to learn to walk again, I cannot actually walk, I don't know how to walk properly, I've had to reteach myself to walk, when I was younger, I used to turn my feet in when I walked, and now I walk straight, so that was a good thing about that, but what happened as a result of that was, I got depressed. I got really, really depressed. Um, I thought, I can't do this again. I can't go through this again, not so quickly after the other one. And like I just said, when you're on crutches, as you're well aware, you can't you can't um can't cook food. So my best friends became Ben and Jerry's and Hagendarf, because you can get those two things and you can throw them to the city and you can binge and feel sorry for yourself. If I went to Netflix or whatever was on at the time, I spent a lot of time watching Grey's Anatomy, if I remember right, and a lot of time watching basketball, which I still do, and football. I'm a Man United supporter um, for my for my walls at the moment. Um, so yeah, at the, at the at that point, I put on an amazing five stone. I went from f- f- sixteen stone virtually to twenty one stone. Twenty one stone. I had to go through a whole rehab process, and it, altogether, it took me about from start to finish, I would say I went from 2011 and I didn't really get back on my feet properly until 2013, January 2013, it took me that long um, and obviously I was feeling sorry for myself as I, as I alluded to and I was depressed, I was in a dark place um, and one day my brother who I'm really close to came to me and said to me, what are you doing? What are you doing seriously? What are you going to do for the rest of your life? Because I'm I damn sure you ain't going to sit down here for the rest of your life and do nothing and feel sorry for yourself. So he said to me, I said to him, look at the state of me. I've never been as big as this in my life. I was an athlete and now look at the state of me. I'm going to be a million with cheeks are out here. <laughs> um, I've, there's a picture of me actually. Um, and When he goes out, I might actually ask you if I can put it there just as a testimony to, to what I went through. So he gave me this workout. It was a bootleg copy of a workout called the Insanity Workout. So, Insanity Workout, Sean So, I've looked at this workout and I said, okay, then I like the look of this. It looks hard, but it looks like if I do it, it's going to work and it's still. So, I've done the Insanity Workout for 60 days straight, or whatever. you get 60 days, but you have breaks in between. So, it's about all in all, it's about 10 weeks or something like that. And I've lost like two and a half stone in 60 weeks. I've become fitter and it's made me healthier and I'm starting to get my confidence back and my self-esteem starting to get a lot better. So then I've, started, I've downloaded other ones. Of There's one called um, The Sports one. So all in all, in five months, I took the five stone off. Mm-hmm. It's an instructor. So I said, you know what? This is absolutely incredible. The way I feel about myself and the way I feel about my body is incredible. So at that point, I said, you know what? I'm going to get into the fitness industry I didn't have any other any other options at the time. I'm going to get into the fitness industry because I know how empowering it is when you lose weight and how much better you can feel about yourself. So I went and did my qualifications and started working in the local gym. At the same time, I got the option to become an insanity instructor. So I became an insanity instructor. And honestly, I have taught so many insanity classes over the years. Over the years, I've taught so many insanity classes over the years and... It's really helped me and helped other people. So, I've become a personal trainer. And as the years have gone by, you make some mistakes as a personal trainer. When you become a personal trainer, everybody always says to you, when you go to the courses, oh, you can make £30,000 a year and you can make it really easy. <laughs> and I'm sure you know the same thing as well, James. It's not as easy as they make it out to be. No. So, um, so over the last three years, I've formed a company called Perfect Vitals Fitness and we have helped. I would say over 150 women because we get the majority. We never started off as a niche, as busy professional females, but it's just that what's come to us is just 95% of the time it's been females that have come to us. And obviously, I'm aware of females because I live with a female, I have a mum who I lived with. Um, who are very close to and obviously I've got a daughter and also my my missus Julie she has a very good job so I tend to do a lot of the things that automatically would be classed as it's not so much anymore but female females do (laughs) i.e., take the kids to school because of the job that I do or the profession I have or the business I have I can fit my life around taking the kids to school making sure that food's on the table at night and so on and so forth so I do a lot of those things so That's why Perfect Body is fitness, and that's what we're doing now. We're just here to try and help as many women as we can, you know, get that confidence, get that consistency, and take that control back in our lives. And what we're actually doing right now, we're in the middle of one right now. I know when this is being recorded, it's called the 7-Day Kickstart Challenge. And what it is, we allow as many women as they want to join a challenge where you have accountability and you just follow Workouts and a meal plan for seven days. I've actually done it myself. When I did it myself, I lost six and a half pounds in a week. We've run three of them all together. And I think the most amount of weight that one lady lost in those seven days was 11 pounds. 11 pounds in seven days. So basically, that's why I'm here. And obviously, I met yourself in a little mentorship group that we we're in, and we decided to do this podcast together. There's my story.
0: Well, it's great, it's, that's why I said to off air. It's a better story than you make it out to be. <laughs> You've got me on tender hooks, and I've heard some of it already. <laughs> but obviously, like you, 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 you uh, said at the very beginning, um, Marcus, with it being total body fitness. Does perfect. it not work as contrary to what you, you believe in a little bit with it being too, uh, in a world that we're, we're too engrossed on being as close to perfection as possible, but is yeah. that a more a play on words that you wanted to do to, to kind of yeah, shock?
1: Basically, where that came from, where that came from, the perfect one is fitness. Is there is no such thing as perfect, is there? There is no such thing as perfect bodies. You can never get the perfect body because even those people who think that they are, we would look at and say, your body's amazing. It's not perfect to you. There's no such thing as the perfect body. Like there's no such thing as the magic pill. Okay. So there's no such thing as a perfect body. So we're always trying to, in my life, what I do is I try to attain perfection in everything that I do, but it's impossible to be perfect. Um, if you're religious, there's only one perfect person in life and his name is Jesus Christ. So nobody, there is no such thing as perfection. So when we talk about perfect body's fitness, it's because there is no such thing as perfect, there's no such thing as a perfect body. But we can always strive to be perfect. But you'll never get there, but you can strive to be perfect. And that's where that original title came from.
0: Well, I think it works. Because so you say saying, relating to the the busy fitness professional. Well, yes yeah, well, so oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professional busy females, PBF, yeah. You're right, still. You're so right. that an
0: accident or, or it's no, kind no, of no, worked? No,
1: no, no, I, You know, my, my business partner always says to me, um, you spend too much time thinking about, like, I'm not saying no because I want it to resonate. So you got PBF, which is perfect by this fitness, and then you got professional busy females, which is the target audience that we get, so it all works together. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well that's a oh, well, that that can, can sometimes cause decision fatigue though, because you're overthinking it. Though.
1: Yeah, you are correct. You are correct. And that's something he actually alluded to today when I was talking <laughs> to him. Because um part of what we do as well is um a part of the program that we do is we work on four main principles. So we have four main principles to this program. So we have purpose. Yeah. We have provide physical, and then we have people in place. So it's all the P's basically. So these are the, these are the four P's that you need in order to get any, um, anywhere in life. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, Every single day, in my humble opinion, I try to increase the quality of my life. So I try to do something to increase the quality of my life, and these are the four, like, cornerstones of my life that I always look to to try to improve, improve the quality of my life. Obviously, you have that purpose in life. You have to have focus. You have to know where you're going and what you're doing. Okay. Provide. We all need money. Unfortunately, or well, fortunately. I- If you want to look at it, nothing in this world is free. So I need to provide for my family. I need to provide for myself. I need to provide for for my missus. Physical, that goes with saying, do good if you don't feel good, yeah? Physical-wise. And then obviously, the last things is we need to have fun in life, play, and we need to make sure we look after the relationships we have with the people that we love. So this is where those four things come from. And those are four things that I live in life. Every
0: single day. So I'm, uh, I'm coming back to that, that point that you raised with the, obviously your injuries. Have you yeah. stayed clear of basketball nowadays? Then?
1: You know what? I've never, ever, ever played a game of basketball ever since that. I've never, yeah. ever played a game of basketball. Is that down to fear then? That it could I happen again? it might be mindset, you know. But I, I, I think it's mindset in a different way, I think, because of the age that I am. And because. I'll go and play. I just know I'll never be the same basketball player I was before. And I think I think I think it's one of the hardest things to it's one of the hardest things to deal with is the fact that you can no longer do what you used to do. I think as a man um it's really hard. It's part of your ego, isn't it? It's part of it was such an important part of my life for so long and then all of a sudden it's taken away. And then I'll probably go and play against people who, who are luck younger than I am, and they'll be able to do things that I used to be able to do and I can no longer do, and it's really, really difficult. It's really, really difficult to deal with Days. I don't know if I'm ready to go there. I was planning on doing, there's a thing called walking basketball, and when you get to 50, there's walking football, walking basketball. When you get to 50, you can actually play walking basketball. So it was something in my mind I was I was aiming for for three years' time, so I might do that when i in another couple of years' time. Yeah, but wouldn't you bully most of those people to
0: a certain extent? Because, well, you could say on one hand, they're coming from a basketball background to stay within it. Yeah. but Then they might be new people coming into it because it's a more relaxed way. Of- Not
1: yet, I, I definitely. But what I'm, when I'm talking about playing walking basketball, I'm talking about playing it at a high level. Yeah, I'm again, I'm going back like I'm going back, always. I'm a competitor at heart. <laughs> so I'm a competitor at heart. So what I'm talking about I've got some. My son plays football for West Bromwich Albion. So he's on West Bromwich the books. And when he used to get coached, he used to get coached by, by a man called, called Ian. Yeah. And he plays for the walking football and he plays for England walking football team. And they won the World Championships a couple, of, a couple of years back, and he's he's older than I am. So I'm saying, well, you can do it. I can do it as well, and it's still so... And Basketball's my love, and like you say, when I play against people who've never played the game before, yeah, it's going to be easier, because my skill set's just there, isn't it, still? It's like riding a bike. You play basketball, you say? I was like riding a bike. Once you, can, once you can shoot a shot... It'll take you a while to get your touch back, but it's—you'll never forget how to do. It. I never forget how to shoot a shot. I never forget how to dribble. It just take me a
0: while. Oh yeah, but you won't take it easy. You'll. you'll uh, oh, percent. You'll, we'll you'll, you'll find time the, time. The, the um, where you're comfortable with, with playing at in in terms of uh, a mental perception. It's like, well, I have to play up here. It's difficult to play up up at the top all the time because you will mentally lower your your ability to who you're playing against. Yeah. But it's getting your head round that. It's like, well, I can't lower my intensity because if I do that too much, I'll start playing like that against better people. Yeah, I and, that's why, and that's why, I,
1: like when I did when I started playing basketball in the first place, I didn't do it knowingly. It's just a friend I went with, Cordero. He actually played for the Birmingham Bullets and I met him. And he said he played for them and I went along with him. Now I didn't know that he did. And I it, it, what but you're right, what happened is because I was always playing against people who were better than me, I was striving to get to their level. So it was easier for me. Like you said, if I'd have started off playing with people who couldn't play the game very well, I probably wouldn't have got as far. Or I might have got as far, but never as quickly, because you're right what you say. You always eventually come down to the level that you're playing against because when you play against people who are not as good as yourself you just start messing around you know you start like unless you've got that mindset where you can say to yourself okay today I'm just going to work on my left hand today I'm just going to shoot everything with my left hand because I know I'm not playing against people who are as good as myself today I'll just work on getting one of my weaknesses better so on and so forth
0: that's how I used to do things I think that's a, a great well a lesson. Great lesson for the younger kids. Great lesson for anybody really to to look at it from that perspective. I hadn't thought of that. To, yeah, to you, got the, it it. you got to, with... to really. To look at well, I think that's where you get disheartened at times because you are thinking, oh, you you fumbled a pass. You're thinking, oh god, that wouldn't happen. when you are playing with somebody better? They'd yeah, definitely. It, but uh, but you get it's like okay, take a step back, and I think your way of thinking is is a lot more positive. Like, well, yeah. Why might, might as well work on a weakness. Hundred percent. Parts of the
1: arsenal. There you go. Because we've always got things that we need to work on. In it, as as a as a as a as a basketball player. When I was a basketball player, I always wanted to have no weaknesses. I always said that I wanted to be able to. When I played, I always wanted to be able to give people as many different looks. So every time I come down the court to give me a different look, so they go wow. So they're off balance all the time. They say like oh and that's the, way, that's the way I do things and I think in life, in general we always need to work on our um, we always need to work on our, on our so-called weaknesses, we shouldn't I'm not saying we don't have weaknesses because we all do but we always try to become, I, I'm, I'm a person that just tries to become the best person that I can ever become and I try to work on it every single day, so I do a lot of reading, I'm reading a book right now called um, Atomic Habits. I don't know if you've read it. Have you read it? Mm -hmm. James Clear. And he's all about habits and habit forming. And one of the things why I started reading it is because he resonates about every day. If you just try to increase, get it progress by 1% every single day. Just try to progress 1% every single day. So just try to make yourself better 1% every single day. Yeah? If we do that every single day, at the end of the year, how much better we are going to be than we were at the start of the year? And I'm reading that book at the moment. So for anybody out there is listening, you want to read that book. It's very, very good. And I'm all about trying to educate myself always. And one of the reasons I, I still do that is because I have young children as well. And every single day with my young children, we sit down and we read books. Because every single day, they've got to improve as well. Because nothing is going to happen in life by sitting down and doing nothing and expecting it to come to you. It can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. So every single day, we have to improve as people so we can become better people, in my humble opinion anyway.
0: That's probably taken my, my uh, next line <laughs> out of my mouth in terms of... because the next one I would normally ask is, well, how did you get people to change their perception of their mindset and to become one percent better? But I think you've answered it and hit the nail on the head, but is there anything you want to add to that? In
1: terms of mindset and changing people's mindsets. I mean, I'm really, really um, in awe of what you do in terms of mindset, because helping people to change their mindset is, is probably the biggest factor in people not getting where they want to in life. Because a lot of people don't do things in life because they fear. They fear doing it or they fear not succeeding at it. And turning somebody's head around to making them aware that you can achieve this is one of the hardest things that we do as trainers and coaches between us, the two of us. It's one of the hardest things. And sitting down with people and, and, and letting them know that, like you say, if you don't do something, you will fail 100%. I promise you. If you don't do it, you will fail 100%. I promise you this. You will never succeed if you don't try. I promise you. There's not footballers ever scored a goal where he didn't shoot. There's not basketball player who's ever hit the shot where he didn't shoot. Okay, You have to remember that sometimes you were going to fail. But even if you fail, at least you tried and you'll know what to do better next time. So like you said, in the mindset, it's all about Habit, isn't it? It's all about forming habits. And at, heart, at first, it's really, really hard to form a new habit because we're all in that, we all have that comfort zone where we're all comfortable. And as me and you have spoken before we started, we get comfortable in where we are and we don't want to be taken out of that comfort zone. But in order to progress in life, we have to come out of that comfort zone. We have to test ourselves. Even those people who are rich beyond belief or have everything they want in life. It's not always going to be that way. And the people who are like that tend to not want to stay in their comfort zones anyway. People who are super athletes or super successful in whatever they do is because they don't stay in their comfort zone because they're always willing to push. But they also have incredible habits incredible habits and incredible ethics and work ethics in what they do and I've noticed as I've gone along this journey in my life that the more successful people in life are people who have diaries and their diaries are set out where they have to be and what they have to do for a lot of the day and that's how I believe that habits are formed, get a diary, set out what you want to do in diary, make sure you do it on a daily basis until it becomes second nature, it's like I always give this story don't I to me. Most people in life have to brush their teeth. I know I do. I don't like I don't like that to brush my teeth, so it's second nature, isn't it? It's second nature to everybody though, isn't it? There's very few people it's not second nature to it's second nature to brush your teeth every single day. And the reason why you brush your teeth every single day is because as a child your mother made you brush your teeth every single day, and when you got older, you made sure you brush your teeth every single day. There are a lot of reasons why you brush your teeth every single day, but the main thing is because it's something that you do every single day. You do you do you, you don't even think you don't brush your teeth? You haven't brushed your teeth this morning thinking, if I don't brush my teeth, my mouth's gonna stink, or it's gonna or it's going to um, my mouth's gonna feel horrible, or when people speak to me it's not gonna smell nice. You're not thinking that when you brush your teeth. All you're thinking is, I do this every day before I leave the house. some people do it before their breakfast, some people do it after their breakfast, but they have a routine where they brush their teeth every single day and you don't think about it. It's just a habit that you do every single day. My missus, every single day, I can tell you her habit, every single day, gets up, shower, coffee, upstairs, makeup. Every single day and she doesn't even think about it. She doesn't even think about it. And it's just habits. It's habits. It's all about habits and it's about getting people just to change their habits. But obviously, we can't people can't we can't get people to change their habits totally straight away because it's too much. Um, we've just obviously we're getting to the end of March and I've you, you work in the fitness industry I work in the fitness industry and you always see in January what happens in January what happens in January
0: that in New Year's resolution New I Year's resolutions
1: well. and how do people start this New Year's resolution right I'm not going to ask anybody for help by the way I'm not going to ask anybody for help I'm going to go to the gym I'm going to make sure I eat chicken and broccoli every single day Every single day, I'm going to eat chicken and broccoli. Yeah. So I'm going to cook up a whole bunch of food. I'm going to have chicken and broccoli every single day. I'm also going to go to the gym five days this week. So, okay, so it's the first week of January. And you know what? Everybody's on a high, new year, new me. You know, you know how it goes. And um, so they go to the gym every single day. On the Sunday, like, wow, I'm so tired. Oh, my days. Oh, my days, I'm so tired. So the week after... Maybe go to the gym four or five times, but they starting to get bored of this food now. Right? So end of week two, they're like, you know what? I'm just gonna have something I like to eat this week, on this weekend, because like I've got it because like this 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 food's killing me. Um gone to the gym four times a week after. Now the gym's down to three times a week and other things are getting in the way. By the end of January, as you will away, maybe February, you're talking about coming to the people and say, how do I cancel my membership, mate? Because I'm just not coming to the gym like I went to. And, and they'll start the same thing, exactly the same thing again the year after. Exactly the same thing again. And it's because they haven't got a sustainable plan. They haven't, got, they haven't asked anybody we have. They haven't got a sustainable plan. And they've tried to do everything all at once. And that's the reason why people don't succeed when they want to, because they try to change too much at once too much at once yeah there's a reason why people who are addicted to drugs and cigarettes and drink they can't just come off it straight away it's impossible you have to be able you have to manage your way you have to manage your way through and it's a bit like anything in life you have to plan and you have to set a plan and you have to keep to that plan but that plan can't be too drastic all at once like we just alluded to small steps little progress and over time, it becomes a habit. Once it becomes a habit in your life, you you know, i are well aware that exercise is one of them things. That once it becomes a habit in your life, you start craving exercise. Your body starts craving it. Your body starts craving it. And it also starts craving the fact that it wants to eat a certain amount of meals every single day as well. It starts craving it. And also, when you do exercise, it means that when you do occasionally eat things that you probably... Other people say, why on earth are you eating that? That's a crispy cream donut. You say, because of <laughs> because I, I train as often as I do, it means I can eat something and I don't feel bad about it either. Because I've put the work in, so I don't feel bad about it at all. And if there's one thing I would say to anybody who's listening to this, habits turn get make you get you progress. So you get good habits in place, but you have to plan for these habits. Most people that a professional especially the professional busy females that I work with they have diaries at work I know they have diaries at work and those diaries are filled out all at work and all we need to do is just make sure we plan what we're eating when we're eating it and then plan exercise however many days a week you want to do exercise but just plan it into your life and then eventually like I said it becomes a habit when it becomes a habit you start looking just to, before you know it three months down the line you start looking at the, at the mirror and you start going wow I start look, liking what I look like in the mirror. And all of a sudden, that self-esteem comes up now, doesn't it? You're a lot more confident. And also, you say you started to take control of your life because you, your life is planned. So now you've you've got your workouts and now you've got more energy. And you're thinking, I've like, got more energy so I can spend more time with the kids. I've got more energy so I'm not always stressed with my husband and my partner. I've got more energy so I can just do the things I like in life. And there's no bitter feeling in that in life, honestly. I can allude to that seriously. There's no bitter feeling in that.
0: And my final question to you, Marcus, before we wrap up the episode if you have to summarize what we've been speaking about tonight into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be?
1: Oh, now you're asking me. Now you're asking me. Um, okay, it's this. It's something I posted in my group today. If you keep doing what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. You are never going to change until you decide to change. And that sums it up.
0: I think that's an amazing quote to end. (laughs) If anybody wanted to reach out to you, Marcus, and get in touch how would they do that via social media?
1: Okay. Uh, we have a Facebook page called Perfect Bodies Fitness. We have a website, perfectbodiesfitness.com.uk. And um, we have email inquiries at perfectbodiesfitness.uk. And we are also on Instagram at perfect underscore underscore fitness. All right. So if anybody does want to reach out and ask me any questions, particularly professional busy females, don't hesitate. We're always here to help. Um, As I said, that program that I've talked about that we run that helps women lose weight, that program runs every single month. It runs the second Monday in every single month, and it runs for seven days. It's totally free. There are no obligations. All we're trying to do is help as many women kickstart their fitness so they can get control, get confidence, and have some consistency in their life.
0: So once again, Marcus, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete. James, it's been an absolute pleasure,
1: seriously. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: The pleasure has been absolutely all mine. Okay then. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Marcus and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at perfect underscore bodies underscore fitness and at... James O. Roberts 11. You can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. Make sure to check out Marcus's website at perfectbodiesfitness.co.uk. And again, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk forward slash free dash resources. Make sure to check those out. The links will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipsum.com under the category fitness. So once again, thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.